Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Chokum. Frenchie is here, and we have some Silverstone to talk about. We have some news to talk about. But before we get there, we have to do the trivia, again, provided by uh, Cody Bray. So thanks, Cody. If anybody else wants to give trivia, it'd be really cool. Because Cody's kind of annoying. So today's question is, what is the fewest overtakes in a race? They have all happened since 2000. Wait, what is they have all taken place since 2000? The, the, the number of races, the, the times this has happened. Oh, there have been multiple? Yes. Okay. Uh... I'm just going to assume it was none. Okay. But I'm trying to think of races where there's actually been no overtakes. One uh, one, one of these is, well, two happened last year, and two were between 2000 and 2010. One of them is kind of a trick. Oh. Uh, wait, is actually, is 05 US one of them? Yep. Okay, because that one's like kind of stands out in my mind as there was no passing. Uh, damn, I don't know the ones that were. You said last year, two last year. One, one is super obvious. So Monaco last year, probably Monaco last year. That wasn't the obvious one. Oh really? Yeah. What was the obvious one then? Uh, of it no was- overtakes. Oh, Belgium. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, but there, you said there's another one that was from 2000 to 2010? Yeah, two more. 2003 and 2009. Oh, okay, 2003. Let's just guess Monaco again. Yep, 2003 was Monaco. 2009, I will tell you, is not Monaco. Okay, then I'm not going to get it. I have no idea then. European Grand Prix. Where was that in 2009? Wikipedia does not tell me that information that Cody provided, so I cannot help you with that one. <laughs> okay. Well, I got a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And yeah, so let's let's dive into it. Where do you want to start? All right. So we're going to get the bad news out of the way first. We'll, we'll just kind of rapid fire through these. The first is that we mentioned Yuri Vips last week um, and his racial slur that he decided to drop on a Twitch stream. Well... He was dropped by Red Bull, but he was he somehow able to maintain his drive with high tech in Formula Two. Something that was questioned by I believe the series itself posted something yeah. kind of weak, like not a decision we would have made. I wouldn't call it, uh, listen that was better than some of these BS like PR statements we've seen out there. I will say that that's fair, but yeah, so that really doesn't seem like any kind of a uh, lesson that he's going to learn. I mean, he got dropped by Red Bull, which isn't good, but he's maintaining his drive. So if he wins the championship, which who knows, but he's definitely, you know, this is not something that he's really getting punished hard by, which I, you know, you'd like to see people get punished for their mistakes, maybe not land their career, but you can't just kind of let this one go and brush it off. Correct. All right, next we had Nelson Piquet decided to Ugh. say 
what equates to, I believe, um, a racial slur uh, in, in Portuguese um, in a video in December of last year, I think, that resurfaced. And for some reason, it was kind of missed when it initially came out then. Um, he then apologized with kind of a weak apology, saying that he what he said was ill thought out and that he makes no defense for it, but that he can clarify the term that it's a synonym for guy or person. Um, and it was never intended to offend. And he condemns any suggestion that it was used by him to belittle a driver because of his skin color. And I guess we didn't say, even though probably everyone has seen this, that the slur was used in reference to Lewis Hamilton. I am good riddance, Nelson PK senior. Good he's now been banned yeah from the f1 yeah. paddock I think indefinitely so uh, yeah i think it's pretty obvious that no one approved of what he said and uh we saw a lot of teams and drivers come out in support of lewis and hopefully this shows you that you can't get away with something like this even if you are a three-time formula one champion yeah i'm people i i can't say what i really want to say so just be better. Do better. Yeah. It's, We're just going to leave it at that. It's unacceptable. It's just impermissible. Don't say it. Don't think it. It's not a word that should be in your vocabulary. Don't even imply it. Lewis has earned our respect. Even if he didn't earn our respect, don't say it about somebody. You, you yeah. don't need to pre be prejudiced. It's ridiculous. We're in 2022. Like, be modern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair. Okay. And then our favorite. I think it actually happened today. Um, our favorite person. I don't know why we continue to give him any airtime or media publicity. Uh, Bernie Ecclestone no. was interviewed on Good Morning Britain um, and asked about Vladimir Putin. And he said, I'd still take a bullet for him. I'd rather it didn't hurt, but I would still take a bullet. And then he said, he, he then went on to explain the uh, invasion of Ukraine as He's doing something that he believed was the right thing. He's like a lot of business people, certainly like me. We make some mistakes from time to time, and you have to do the best to get out of it. And then he said, the other person in Ukraine, his profession, I understand, used to be a comedian, referring to uh, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky. And I think it seems that he wants to continue that profession. If he thought about things, he definitely would have made a big enough effort to speak to Putin, who is a sensible person, <laughs> and would have listened to him and could have probably done something about it. What? This man just continues to stun me. Can can we send Bernie to a retirement community on a tiny island in the middle of nowhere where no ships go and, and never hear from him again? Because uh, I, again, I, I'm trying not to curse right now. <laughs> He's he, he's an he needs to go away. This is like a completely unacceptable behavior. F one needs to do more than just like casually distance themselves from him. They need to come out and say we don't agree with this. We don't support this view. Whatever you know, whatever you want to, whatever PR speak you want you want to say there. But you you got to do better than just casually distancing yourself because this is just. Formula One's had a horrible week for PR issues. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long week. So this and you know, Bernie has to come out and talk and 
I also don't understand, and this is like slightly on topic, slightly off topic. So, you know, all right, they're distancing themselves from Bernie Ecclestone. But are they? Like, isn't his wife in the FIA and he's friends with Mohammed Bun Suleim? So he's still connected. So yeah. th- are they really distancing themselves? Probably not. It's more bullshit. Took me eight minutes, and I finally said <laughs> said a bad word. So I don't know. This doesn't just this feels slimy. Yeah, I don't understand again why he decides to side with Putin. It's pretty obvious who's the villain in this situation, but Bernie somehow sees it in his own twisted way. I don't know if he's experiencing some sort of like delusions but it seems like it lately and i mean he is 91 years old but uh, i don't want to just put it down to him being an old person it seems like he really believes this thing these things so something is seriously wrong with this man and i'm glad he's no longer officially affiliated with f1 but like you said we really need to boot him as far away from as possible from the sport because he's done nothing but just drop these negative publicity bombs of ignorance (laughs) over and over again. Yeah. Okay, that's all the bad news. We got it out of the way. We did pretty well. So on to some more interesting news. Did you catch the Goodwood Goodwood Festival of Speed at all over the weekend? I saw the the Max Chilton electric car for, I think it's McMurdy Auto Sport or McMurdy. That car was unreal and i was kind of skeptical when they were like oh children's gonna go develop this electric car that thing was bad ass it was awesome to watch and that was the only thing i saw from it okay well that was actually one thing i wanted to talk about because it beat the record up the hill yeah that was set uh in 99 i believe by nick heidfeld in mika hakkinen's championship winning 98 mclaren so that's pretty impressive that car looks crazy too like it does it looks better than i expected i didn't really yeah. know what i expected but it, it it looks pretty cool but apart from that we saw a lot of old f1 cars go look at the goodwood youtube channel if you want to see some of the drivers like nigel mansell i think was reunited with his 92 car because it's the what 30th anniversary of that championship yeah. so we saw a bunch of stuff like that um people getting to drive stuff it's always really cool to see them break out the old F1 cars and hear them run up the hill with those you know, V10s and turbos and all that kind of stuff. Related to that, Sebastian Vettel, I didn't realize, he owns the Williams FW14B from 1992. I don't know how that worked because has, he's never driven for Williams, I don't believe. I don't think so, so, no. So I don't even know how he connected to that. He must have just picked it up at an auction or something. But he's going to drive it on Sunday morning ahead of the British Grand Prix. And he's going to do it with a carbon neutral fuel. So I think this is going to be pretty interesting to see. Yes, it's super cool. I'm sure I think Vettel has a pretty big collection of old F1 cars that he's just bought because he can, which is very cool. So, yeah, if, if, if that's on F1 TV, I will definitely... Uh, make sure it's it's on my phone while I'm walking around the track on Sunday. Agreed. 
so more general news before we get to Silverstone. I've got two things just quickly to go over. Number one is that we've heard from the FIA officially on what's going to happen with the bouncing limit. Yeah. And so starting from the French Grand Prix, which is at the end of July, uh, the 22nd through 24th, it's that weekend at the end of July, um, that's when those regulations will come into force. But what's going to happen is there are going to be some regulations limiting the wear on the underbody plank of the car and then um, also limiting the stiffness of cars underbody skid plates. So basically, I think what's this going to do is not allow cars to run as close to the ground in the hopes that we'll avoid the bouncing, porpoising issue, and we'll see what happens. They're giving the teams two races, this one, and what is the next round after Silverstone? I don't even know. I have no idea. I'll look it up. Keep keep going. Uh, so th- in those two races, basically, the teams are going to get to kind of play with this and develop the car so that when the French Grand Prix rolls around and they have to be up to date on these regulations, then it should all be fair and everybody should be good to go. Austria is uh, next weekend. Okay, got it. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. What are your thoughts on this whole porpoising, bouncing regulation thing? Do you need to just see it in action first? or? Yeah, I mean, listen, it need, something needs to be done. I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't know. I, I think leaving it kind of open to the teams in a way is, is probably better than being super tough on it because it allows teams to find what works best for their car but still within the regulations instead of saying you know skid plates must be x number of millimeters above the ground ground level on on tech inspection or something like that so yeah cool 
I don't know if it's enough. Doesn't feel like it is, but maybe they have to raise ride heights X number of inches or centimeters or whatever that it actually does make a difference, and I just don't know. So initial impressions, good, but we'll see. Yeah, hopefully this is enough to get rid of any of the health-related issues that the drivers were experiencing in terms of just the G-force loads on their body. But yeah, we'll have to see. We'll keep an eye on this moving forward and see what happens. The last piece of news that I wanted to get to before we delve into what's going on this weekend at Silverstone is that Williams actually has a big update coming this weekend for the British Grand Prix. And they are or Alex Albon is quoted as saying that it looks a little bit more like the Red Bull in terms of its side pod design. And he's getting, Albon is getting the upgrade because there's kind of a, I guess, a shortage of parts availability. And so Latifi is not getting those upgrades for a few races, which too bad. I guess he probably would smash into the wall and break the new parts anyway. Sorry, I don't mean to be harsh on him, but it's kind of become a pattern this season be harsh and i'm looking forward to see what happens with williams hopefully this brings them up towards the front of that mid pack but you never know it'd be cool to see it happen at britain too with williams being you know kind of part of england's f1 history woven into the fabric of that but i don't know i don't know if i feel very optimistic because it's williams yeah, no, I don't. I don't feel optimistic at all. Is um, no, not 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 even a little. I I am zero point zero percent optimistic. I hope to be wrong, because I have Alex Albon on my grid rival team, because he was kind of like the one cheap option I could fit in at that point. That wasn't that I yeah that wasn't Latifi. So yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But yeah, well well. We'll see. The one thing I did see before we talk on Silverstone, like, I don't remember where I saw it. Somebody at McLaren said, we've had to slow down on our upgrades because of the budget cap. I don't remember which guy it was. Was it Seidel who said that? Either way, McLaren's running out of money. I I know there's a couple other teams that are close. So be kind of curious to monitor as you'll probably closer to if not after like the summer break period where you like start to see this more often but i mean that just goes to show how bad mclaren was at the start of the year that they had to they had to hustle and and they haven't been as bad as they were in bahrain pretty much since bahrain but still they've had some rough week like last you know canada they were terrible yeah it's definitely rough when you have a new car concept it doesn't go as planned and you have to basically dump all of your budget in just fixing that instead of spending it on updates to what you thought was going to be a successful car but i mean that's a mistake that they made so they have to live with it and try to basically correct it the best they can do i feel bad for them yeah kind of but this is also what keeps it interesting because if they could just blow endless amounts of money on fixing it then then everyone would be super competitive and it might be interesting i guess a little bit more interesting to see that but this shows you who's doing well and who's not if you like the engineering part of f1 this is something you like to see yep i agree so this weekend we got f1 f2 f3 
F3 times are unwatchable, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> F2 times are Saturday, the sprint race is at noon, Sunday's at 5 a.m., so borderline unwatchable. F1 practice starts tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern, or I guess today, 8 a.m. Eastern, so you probably already watched it. Practice 2 is at 11 a.m., qualifying Saturdays at 10, and the race is Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So you can watch that, and then if you're not at a racetrack, you can go right into watching that, into watching IndyCar, into probably NASCAR after that. So you can watch nothing but racing all day and have a lovely Sunday afternoon, or you can turn it off after IndyCar and have an even better Saturday after Sunday afternoon. <laughs> so... I think I there's will Formula prob- E at some point this weekend, too. I didn't look up the times for that, but they're in Marrakesh. So there's just a whole bunch of racing this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Even better. I, I Do we have anything specific to talk about other than that Williams has an upgrade? Silverstone's typically pretty good race. I always like the races there. It's one of my favorite tracks. I don't know. I don't really have a whole hell of a lot else. No, I think... We'll have to see because it's a smooth track. So some of the teams that were dealing with the porpoising issue may find that it's a bit masked because of the, like, basically tabletop smooth surface at Silverstone. Yeah. And it may bunch the pack up a little bit. So, yeah, we're going to have to look out for that this weekend. Yeah, Carlos Sainz said that Silverstone this weekend will be a good reference point for him in his Ferrari. So as he gets used to the Ferrari, Silverstone's a good place to show kind of his overall pace, which is fair. I don't think that's wrong. There's some, you know, tricky parts to to Silverstone, you know, kind of on the back half of the circuit there. So that's that's not unreasonable. But that's really the only kind of thing worth talking about unless you want to spend time talking about what's changed with f1's new rear wing deflection tests which uh i don't understand enough about what i'm reading or what i read to even begin to to talk about that and maybe at some week sometime in the near future there's a really cool article i read on kind of new technical ideas that have come out of the new cars which is probably worth diving into once i've gotten to to understand it a little bit more but oh before we make predictions, the one thing we did forget that is not necessarily Silverstone-related is Alpine. Alpine launched oh. a... Yes, I had this up, and I forgot to talk about it. Yeah, I, I had it on, on my other my other notepad here on, on my laptop. Uh, Alpine launched an ambitious program called Race Her. So it's a you know, program for women to its Formula One team, whether it be a driver or on the you know, behind the scenes crew, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Alpine is aiming to have 30% of its workforce female within the next five years up currently from 12% right now. And that is essentially the gist of it. And so Bravo Alpine, they also were calling out stupid Twitter comments about women in motorsports today or yesterday. So Alpine is climbing up the ranks of, of teams I'm, I'm rooting for. So good for them. Super awesome. We're going to switch up 
predictions this week, kind of similar to IndyCar style. So I'll give okay. you a second. Pull up the <coughs> pull up the F1 standings. I've got it. Okay. I want you to pick. What do we have? Twenty. We have twenty total drivers. Okay. Pick one guy from the top ten in the standings. And one guy from the bottom ten in the standings, and we'll average out their finishing positions. Okay. So for the top ten in the standings, I think I'm gonna go with. It's hard to argue with George Russell. He's just been on a streak of such consistent results, and this okay. is his home Grand Prix, so I'm picking him. And then for. Out of the top 10, I'm going to go with Zhou Guanyu. He got his second batch of points uh, at the Canadian yeah. Grand Prix, and I think he could be due for a breakthrough, maybe top five. I don't know. We'll see. All right. I will take Leclerc. I think at some point his luck has to turn in the last handful of weeks, so why not now? The bottom 10, I will take... I mean, the bottom to the options are so underwhelming. <laughs> I'll take Pierre Gasly, another one who's got to have a good week at some point. He's had maybe one or two good weeks all year. So I think that's pretty much it. Again, if you're in the Grid Rivalry League, make sure you forget to pick your guys for this weekend so that I can continue my climb up the ladder. <laughs> yeah, don't set a talent driver, please. Don't set a talent driver. You know, just just forget for a couple weeks. It's cool. My buddy Ryan from college is still in first place, so you know I need to climb back up there so we can I can battle him and Frenchie and a couple other guys that we know that are that are in the top ten. So I think Joe's in the Joe from the uh, Xbox League is yeah. in like top three. Yeah, yeah, that's unacceptable. We need we need that to change. So yeah, <laughs> and maybe maybe in like two weeks after the now that F one twenty twenty two is out on the gaming platforms, we can chat about some gaming after we've all gotten some time to mess around with it but that's all i got man so let's let's keep it here it's friday be sure to tune in later today i should have a media bullpen episode up from mid ohio for indycar and maybe one more episode throughout the weekend for everybody so everybody have a lovely busy weekend of racing Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 